Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth Troutman and Aubrey Gulick. Welcome back to Collegian Week in Review. I'm your co-host, Elizabeth Troutman. And I'm Aubrey Gulick. And this week, we're going to be talking to Rachel Kugaji, Associate Editor of The Collegian, about Veterans Day, which is today. We're going to be talking about Shane Smith, about his research, which was recently published in a physics journal, the first time this has happened to a Hillsdale College student. Then we're going to talk to Josh Newhook, the news editor, about an event that his German professor held about the fall of the Berlin Wall. Then last, we're going to wrap it up with Christian Peck Dimmitt for a weekly sports update. My collegian tip of the week is to always attribute your claims to a source. So you want to beware of editorializing in an article. You never want to state your opinion in a news article. Rather, you want to say, the source said da 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 Instead of saying that that is something that you yourself are asserting, you want to make sure to attribute it to a source. This week, our associate editor of The Collegian, Rachel Kukaji, conducted a Q&A with several veterans. Rachel, what was the most interesting answer you received from a veteran? Mm, the most interesting answer. Well, I did like one was I interviewed Mr. Michael Murray, who works for Institutional Advancement. And when I asked him what Veterans Day is like for him as he's actually still in the reserves for the Marines. But when I asked him what Veterans Day means to him, he said, well, actually, it's kind of synonymous with the Marine birthday. So that was something cool I learned is the Marine Corps birthday is November 10th. And they have a big ball. They make a big deal about their birthday, I think kind of more than other armed forces. And so those two things, just a celebration of all the armed forces and the people that have fought for our country is all together. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's something I would not have known. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, what other veterans did you talk to? Well, I talked to a student veteran. His name is Anthony. He's very nice. I learned from him a lot of how it is different for him with the experience he has than the average student. But he said it's not unovercomable. But he says some guys that he knows, some other veteran buddies, students, have had a harder time adjusting to the rest of student life because they just have experiences that none of us can comprehend. That would make sense. That it would be really different for them than it would be for us. Yeah. Also older. Then I also talked to a couple professors, Dr. Jennings, Dr. Gerke. He's a history professor. Dr. Jennings is business. I talked to Chief Rogers, our associate dean of men. He was in the Navy, hence his name, Chief. (laughs) Um, I also talked, like I mentioned, Mr. Murray, who's a staff member. And I talked to a lecturer in physics, Mr. Thurston. Now, what is Hillsdale doing this Veterans Day in honor of veterans? Hillsdale is doing their usual missing man table, which is something they do in the dining hall. It has different elements on it to represent the people who cannot be here for celebrating Veterans Day, the people who died serving our country. And so they do that kind of table at a lot of different formal armed forces events. And so in the same way, we put a missing man table in the dining hall today at lunch, at least. I'm not sure if it's going to be at dinner. And different veterans on campus stood in uniform by it. Then tonight, I know they are doing an event honoring veterans with a speech from Dr. Gerke at 7 p.m. in the Howard Music Hall. 
Now, those sound like great ways to honor veterans, especially the veterans who are here on campus working at the school and students. But do you think we should have Veterans Day off of classes? Hmm. I don't know. We do take Memorial Day off in this. If you're in a summer session, you take Memorial Day off. But I don't know that I would be the right person to make that judgment because I like I said I'm not a veteran I think it is a very important day I think it should be honored more on this campus than it is so if that would be taking a day off then but you know we have the complication of fall break we just recently had Thanksgiving break so I can understand from a faculty perspective why the timing isn't great but I think that would be a nice if we could do something like that or perhaps like we do at 9-11 we do a little ceremony around lunchtime something like that would be nice as well something more publicized to mark the day i would agree yes now what was your main takeaway from talking to all of these veterans a lot of what was repeated across many of the interviews was one the idea from some veterans who didn't serve in active combat that they said you know what i've done is nothing like people have done much harder either currently or back like our student veterans that served in the civil war like the atrocities that they had to go through so mainly thinking about the people in active combat and the fact that there are still people in active combat all around the world and this was something dr gerke said is you know there are people who experience war and every day they wake up with war either as a threat or a memory and that's just something that those of us who aren't a part of the military can't comprehend he said you know all humans experience suffering so that's not necessarily unique but there are certain types of suffering that we don't have to experience because there are people out there experiencing for us every day that's a powerful lesson i'm glad that we were able to you were able to learn that from talking mm-hmm. with those veterans. Yeah, Hillsdale definitely would have a special connection to Veterans Day since in the early days of Hillsdale, more than 400 Hillsdale students went and fought mm-hmm. in the Civil War. Do you think that this really gives Hillsdale a special connection to Veterans Day? I think Hillsdale's connection to Veterans Day is more than just that. I think it's the fact that Hillsdale stands for the principles that the veterans stands for. They stand for the liberty of our nation. And, you know, Hillsdale has its four pillars, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Freedom and character especially, but really all of those are exactly what the veteran is fighting for every day. You know, people say freedom isn't free. It's cliche, but that's what a lot of the veterans I talked to would reiterate that. And they would acknowledge that, you know, it becomes a cliche, but it really is something that we have to be on the offensive every day to defend it. And that's what Hillsdale does here. And so I think that's why Hillsdale students fought in the Civil War, because they recognized that and fought in other wars. And I think that's why we more have a drive to honor the veterans on Veterans Day, because we know how important that is. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for coming in and talking to us about this special Veterans Day. Absolutely. This is the Collegian Week in Review. Next up, we have Shane Smith. Shane is a senior at Hillsdale College studying physics with a focus in radio astronomy. He recently published his research in the Nature Astronomy Journal. So Shane, why are you, are you interested in radio astronomy specifically? Um, so uh, I guess basically by chance. Uh, so 
uh, Dr. Dolch here at Hillsdale College. He does research in radio astronomy. Um, and so my freshman year, I got started with research uh, by working on LOFASM, the Low Frequency All Sky Monitor, which is a radio telescope that we have here on campus. Um, and so that's just kind of how I got into research. Um, and then that kind of led me to my internship at Berkeley um, and the research that I was able to get published on. Yeah. So um, this past summer, you had an internship at uh, UC Berkeley. Um, what exactly were you doing there? Um, so uh, I was tasked with uh, analyzing a ton of data. Um, so basically what the lab does there at the UC Berkeley SETI Research Center is they um, they take uh, the world's wa- largest telescopes, uh, such as the Parkes Telescope, uh, Green Bank Telescope, uh, Meerkat in South Africa, um, and they look for signs of intelligent life in the universe. Um, and so my project was uh, using the Parkes Radio Telescope in Australia, and uh, I was specifically looking at Proxima Centauri, the closest star to Earth, um, and looking for signs of intelligent life in that star system. What exactly, I guess, was the paper published about? Right. So uh, my paper um, was about uh, basically the technosignature search that I did in the direction of Proxima Centauri. Um, and it was particularly interesting because I found uh, what we called a signal of interest or something that passed all of our filters for something that might be coming from some sort of, uh, or basically a, a technosignature or something coming from not our own technology, but from outside the Earth. Um, and so it met a bunch of criteria. Um, and so it required a additional follow-up analysis uh, to really pinpoint where it was coming from. What implications does that have, I guess, for extraterrestrial life or just extraterrestrial anything? <laughs> right. Uh, so what I found, it was not aliens. Uh, <laughs> it was our own interference. It was just a, a particularly tricky a piece of interference that we had to you know, really look at to figure out where it was coming from. Um, but it it really, uh, the implications really come with uh, kind of the framework uh, that the uh, SETI research program takes. Um, and so basically, we haven't ever, like in the whole program, they haven't really found a signal that uh, really met all of their criteria, criteria so well. Um, and so it, it really uh, pushed the researchers to kind of develop a, a sort of process for analyzing signals further beyond the main criteria that they look for. So what do you hope to do in the future after you graduate? Um, Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure uh, (laughs) yet, but uh, I'm applying to graduate school. um, And in particular, I'm looking at electrical engineering, um, radio astronomy instrumentation, um, and then also maybe aerospace, but I'm not entirely sure. So last fun question. Do you think there is a possibility of extraterrestrial life outside yeah. of your research? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think there is just the, the statistical probability of life existing in the universe is pretty compelling. If you just think about the number of exoplanets around the number of stars in our universe, there, there's bound to be something. Um, it's just a, a question of whether or not we can detect it with our own technology or when we'll be able to detect it with our own technology. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Shane. Thank you. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. Welcome, Josh, to Collegian Week in Review. Josh is a member of the German Honorary, which on Tuesday night hosted a Berlin Wall anniversary panel discussion. Now, Josh, who was on that panel? So it was 
uh, Dr. Fred Janiga, who is an associate professor of German, Dr. Strasberg, who is from the history department, and (laughs) an assistant professor of French. Now, Dr. Janiga, he had an experience with the Berlin Wall when it was still up. What was that like? Yeah, so Dr. Janiga actually saw the wall as a high school student when he was an exchange student. Um, and it made him cry. Um, so that was a big thing for him. And he actually also was there when the wall fell, and he had a hammer and hammered away at the wall. Wow. Now, did the other professors who were on the panel, had they had what were their experiences with the Berlin Wall or their views of it? Sure. So uh, Dr. Strasberg talked about some of the more historical side of the wall since he was the youngest member of the panel. He didn't have the uh, the historical experience himself. Um, but yeah, the French professor, she is um, actually, her parents were Russian. She grew up in Russia, so she knew um, how the Soviets viewed the wall and um, just the, the shame associated with the fall of the Soviet Union. So what was the relationship between East Berlin and West Berlin like when the wall was up? The East Germans viewed the West Germans pretty much like um, allies who had a better lifestyle but had a more rigid government that wasn't so good. So they looked at them not with envy but not also with dismay. It was kind of just like, oh, they're another country and they do things differently than we do. Now, what were the feelings of Dr. Yanaga after he saw the wall fall? He had a great time partying and hugging and kissing a lot of people that day. Why did the wall fall? It was actually a, um, a slip up with the government. It was supposed to be a private message that they were going to open the borders, but it got announced by a German, uh, excuse me, a... Um, Soviet official and they ended up having to open the borders because of that. Now it says in the article that there was a mixture of happiness and sadness as a reaction about the wall falling. Could you explain that? Yeah, so for the Soviets it was pretty much a showing them that their regime was going to fall eventually and it was a sign of that but they also had hope for a better future because they were able to interact with the west wow now you wrote another piece this week josh for opinions where you talked about your new iphone how how do you feel about your new iphone and what iphone is it so i bought an iphone 12 mini which I like. My The article is actually about why I waited so long to upgrade. I had a an iPhone SE for five years. And is that an iPhone 4? It's a 5S with the 6S internals pretty oh. much. Yeah, special edition. Um, and yeah, it, I actually got the money from my parents to upgrade, and that's the only reason I did it. My other phone worked very well. Uh, up till even this month. So my advice for people with iPhones is don't upgrade too soon. Now, thank you so much, Josh, for coming in talking to us today about the Berlin Wall and your opinion on upgrading to a new iPhone. You're welcome. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review.
next we have Christian Pectimit, the sports editor, with a sports update. So, Christian, what did collegiate sports look like this week? Uh, well, lots of good, uh, as usual, I guess. So we had the volleyball team knocking off Findlay in three straight sets to officially kind of clinch outright control of the GMAC North division. So they have now won that division. I believe it's uh, this is the fifth year in a row. And uh, football grabbed a win at home against Kentucky Wesleyan. That was big. Uh, Zach Herzog won GMAC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, Women's Cross Country placed seventh in the region, and they got an at-large bid to go to Nationals in a couple of weeks. Uh, Yeah. So how did the Chargers swim team do? Uh, So they beat uh, Notre Dame, Ohio, and they are actually now 5-0 on the season undefeated and i believe this just marks the halfway point so doing very well out of the gate what does the volleyball's uh recent victories mean for the team uh well we're actually only they have two matches left one on friday and one on saturday and if they win out which will more than likely happen it will be the fourth straight year that they have gone undefeated in the gmac so they're currently on a 54 match win streak in in conference play which is incredible. It's unheard of. And uh, Caroline Shelton, a junior on the team, is, I believe, only 16 kills away from becoming the second player in volleyball history uh, at, at Hillsdale to reach 1,000 career digs and 1,000 career kills. Awesome. So what are some of the um, athletes that we should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, well, basketball starts up this week, and on the, I believe it's Friday, they have their first game, and then next Wednesday on the 17th, they have their first home game. Uh, Pat Cartier is entering his junior season, I believe, and he is coming off of a GMAC Male Player of the Year award, an incredible season where he was third-team All-American, so we'll look for him to be even better. So the sports opinion this week was about the bullpen. Could you explain exactly what that is and what the opinion is about? Yeah, so our design editor, Reagan Genshieski, wrote a great piece. Uh, She's, of course, a softball player herself. Uh, But PETA made a recent call, uh, kind of a plea to the MLB and to uh, professional softball leagues to stop using the word bullpen, which is kind of traditionally associated with pitchers and where they warm up. And they want it to instead be called the arm barn uh, because I guess it's offensive to cows and kind of brings up a connotation of slaughtering animals and animal cruelty. And Reagan, of course, disagrees and not only, you know, kind of disagrees with the, the sentiment and the idea of, uh, you know, aggravating cows, but also uh Arm barn is not the greatest sounding alternative either, which is the one that uh, PETA offered up. So what exactly is um, PETA and what kind of, I guess, clout do they carry? Uh, well, PETA is an anti-animal uh, cruelty kind of organization, uh, pro-animal rights. And they do carry kind of an interesting uh, sort of clout where they've done kind of similar things to this, where they call for very like small semantic changes where it's the bullpen or it's these different things that you have to just like call it something else to stop from offending the animals which is an interesting kind of sentiment they also uh just 
personally in my mind, I associate them with kind of calling out Steve Irwin uh, after his death, uh, tragically, and kind of making light of that. So what are some of the big matches coming up for next week? Uh, so talked about it a little bit, but Ben's basketball season is starting up, and their first five games, so through the next two weeks, uh, starting on Friday, they'll be playing their non-conference games, which is new this year because, of course, last year with COVID, uh, they didn't play any non-conference or preseason games. Uh, Coach Tharp called it a brutal non-conference schedule. I would have to agree. So those are all kind of big wins coming up. Uh, women's basketball season also starts up. They are returning all but one player from last year's roster, uh, which is big. Volleyball is finishing their season, and they will be hosting the GMAC tournament, which is coming up, I believe, in two weeks here, kind of the end of next week. And that'll be big because, of course, we've won the tournament quite a number of years in a row. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was Collegian Week in Review. We talked to Rachel Kukaji about Veterans Day, to Shane Smith about his recent publication in a physics journal, and to Josh about the fall of the Berlin Wall. Finally, we talked to Christian Pectimit for a sports update. This week's highlights are Hillsdale held a CCA on the Great Reset, in which several speakers talked about what the agenda will mean for the world and how to combat it. Gelser's Hardware moved to a new and larger location near Rough Draft, and a Branch County native, Jonathan Lindsay, will be running for state senate for District 16. Finally, a new requirement from the U.S. Department of Transportation for school bus drivers to have commercial driver's license may result in fewer bus drivers, stressing the school district which already has a staffing shortage. Superintendent Sean Vondra said that Hillsdale should expect some canceled bus rides. You're listening to Collegian Week in Review. You can find the Collegian online, around town, or on Instagram at Collegian. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.